college football season from beautiful Rice Eccles Stadium in Salt Lake City, Utah. Here is Mars, and he is here. Looking up the far sideline. Intercepted, Javelin Gidry, five, end zone, touchdown, the freshman Gidry. Hello, welcome to Sports Beat After Hours. I am your host, Hamahemuli Jr. Joining me as always, we've got the internet Jesus himself, Sean Walker. First time internet, last time Jesus. Thanks for having me, guys. And we've got local lovable Canuck, Zach Hicken. How you guys doing tonight, eh? Um, yeah, what, guys. What, is, uh, what I are think you, we've what always are you established that like I'm really awkward at like the introduction <laughs> thing. That's your thing now. First time, long time. <laughs> um, we just finished uh, another awesome night of sports beat here at the KSL building. You guys did. I was at the bees game, <laughs> just dicking around over there. I was eating chips and popcorn <laughs> and watching the bees literally throw the ball around like they were little leaguers <laughs> for three hours. So. Zach, Zach comes back and he's like, that was the worst baseball I've ever seen or something like oh, that. Oh, it was so bad. It was like watching a <laughs> two-way baseball state championships. Ugh. Craig Williams is going to be listening to this podcast. He's going to be very disappointed in you guys right now. So shout out to Craig. I don't even know who that is. You guys have he's no idea. He's the PR guy is. for the uh, bees. Yeah, well. communications manager for Salt Lake Bees. Shout out to Craig. It's Hello? okay. I'm sure former he'd agree Deseret with me. News reporter. You know, let it's me be let real. me say this. Let me say this. I am not. It's AAA baseball. It's AAA baseball. I mean, there are a lot of really good players. Michael Hermosillo is a stud. Same with uh, uh, Taylor, um, the third baseman for uh, the bees. That's a guy who should probably be getting called up soon. Um, but. What I saw tonight um, was bad. And, I mean, I've gone to a lot of Bees games this season. Uh-huh. My favorite moment of the season was after uh, – it was a few weeks back. The Bees starting pitcher just – he was dreadful. He was walking guys. He beamed a couple guys, gave up a couple of hits. And I think they were trailing like 4-2 to two or something like that. And it was like in the third inning. And uh, – or maybe they were up. I can't remember exactly what happened. But, anyway, the PA announcer – said something along the lines of like we're lucky that he's only given up one <laughs> or he's only given up this many runs cuz he's been awful. His Wait, mic was hot. Okay, so he wasn't doing it on purpose. No, 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 no. He it. was having a conversation with someone else in the in the in announcer the booth. booth and his mic was hot. Oh, and it went hilarious. over the PA system. It was so <laughs> awkward. It's just... It was so bad. Let me see if I can pull up the tweet cuz I tweeted about it. Oh, that'd be great. Because like He's just saying what we're all thinking. I mean, at least he didn't say something like racist or sexist or like just start cussing because it's like a ballpark full of children. But um, it's true. There's some bad ball games out there. Um, It kind of I mean, there's some great ball games that I've seen. Lots of good players, like you mentioned earlier. I mean, um, David Fletcher, he got called up and it was fun to watch him play. Yeah. and stuff like that, but it, it, you're right. There's some bad games out there, and I think everyone just is—they just probably agreed with the announcer. Yeah. Well, and one of the cool things that we've seen actually with a former Beast player is Francisco Garcia. Uh, he just got the call up 
this weekend. That's record-breaking Francisco Garcia. Yeah, Francisco Garcia gets the call up after 10 years in the minor leagues. Wow. He he broke a record for the most RBIs in his first two Major League Baseball games. Oh, incredible. So he's been tearing it up. He's been awesome. Uh, Taylor Ward is the player I was talking about, the third baseman for the uh, Bees. He's awesome. He's probably the best player right now uh, with their ball club. Um, and he's been tearing it up this season. He's a lot of fun to watch as well as Michael Hermosillo. I really like watching Michael Hermosillo play. So, no, it's been uh, – they're playing pretty good baseball except for tonight. And so, <laughs> of course, it was the game that I went to where Jer uh, asked us, hey, which of you guys wants to go to the game? We need someone to go film it. And Hema goes, well – I don't really like baseball that much, so I don't want to. And I said, okay, it's fine. I like baseball. Zach's a baseball guy, right? And, of course, it's like literally like the worst game of the season. (laughs) There were maybe like 700 people at the game. Okay. Um, Of course, they'll get more with tickets sold or whatever, but there was like no atmosphere. Like when they're doing the done, done. Dun, 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 dun. And you got to clap along. Like, no yeah. one was clapping. <laughs> like, they couldn't even get, like, people to do, like, We Will Rock You, like, boom, boom, clap. Like, yeah. they couldn't get anyone to do anything. It was just. It's a Sunday And night. there was, like, some random woman that was, like, cheering the entire game. And she was, like, the only person in the entire crowd that was cheering for 90% of the game until they got to the bottom of the ninth inning. And Please tell me she was like, come on, you guys. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It was exactly oh like gosh. that. Like, throw some strikes. <laughs> Let's go! And everyone's just like, "Is the I is the barbecue?" Place I kept still open? looking over. <laughs> I kept looking over, like because we have a window that we shoot from up in the press box, and I was like looking out the window to see if I could find out who this woman was. So, <laughs> if you go through our footage that I shot, there's probably a couple where like my hat bill gets caught in like the camera lens. Oh yeah, like in front because I'm looking around trying to see this lady who that is. Because I wanted to know who it was because she was cheering the entire game, and I was like. I was kind of annoyed, but like at the same time, I was like, "Props to you for." Uh, was it a player's mom? It, it's very possible. <laughs> well, and the other thing was too is she, was I it think, Taylor Cole's mom? Taylor Cole. Well, Taylor he's Cole still got called bees. up. He's technically still on a bees contract, though. I think he no. He's he's been with he the he's been with the Angels. He's, since he's like legit. I know, but but um, I I feel I feel like Taylor Cole's parents are the ones who would have like moved to Utah for him going from to the Nevada. Bee- yeah, from, from going to the Bees. Um yeah. no, the thing that was funny about it is uh she was cheering for the players on the other team too. Oh no. Like I think it was the same lady. One of those fans. Yeah. Like I think that she didn't know she that just, it was the Guys. I think she, she got confused about the teams. She just wanted everyone to do well. Everyone to have a sporting chance. Juice boxes for everybody. Great popsicles. They had popsicles there? Yeah, you get great popsicle after the game. Oh yeah, yeah. We we always have orange slices. Or cherry. <laughs> They're both good. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> Thank you, Brian Regan, and uh, shout out to our Mormon listeners who totally understand that. Um, yeah. But sorry to kind of, like, deject off of uh, what is probably the most important topic of the week, uh, 2018 Pac-12 South champion. Jimmer Fredette in the basketball team. University of Utah oh, no. football <laughs> oh, oh, season no. preview. Take that back. No, it's Utah is all we talked about today, which is great because – it was a lot easier to find highlights. <laughs> Their <laughs> highlights are. So let me so tell you great. this. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. The two best players in the state of Utah play for the Utes this year. Oh, absolutely. Zach Moss is the best running back 
since Jamal Williams, which I know that's only been a few years. But, I mean, yeah. they, they stand head and shoulders above a lot of other really good running backs. Uh, Booker for the Utes. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, Utah State a few years ago, number six. Uh, played for the Seahawks for a while. Tur- Robert Turbin. Um Curtis Brown, Harvey Unga, like Zach Moss is unreal. His combination of speed and power, like I think I put more Zach Moss highlights in the Ute preview than any other player because but all his highlights, highlights are good. Yeah, yeah all his highlights are good. So like good. the way he hits the hole, he's got a good spin move. Like he hits that B button hard. Like yeah, like he can juke. He can run people over. Like he hits the truck. He hits. I the can't truck wait stick. for Zach Moss to play Zach Moss in an upcoming version of Madden. Oh yeah, he's gonna yeah. be a cover oh, athlete yeah. one day. Oh yeah, I I thought that was interesting. Uh, and so the other best player is Chase Hansen. Who, yeah, Chase Hansen. I, I, we've established how That's I feel about I Chase Hansen. Yeah. yeah, I think he's amazing, and it's it was fun cutting his highlights because he's just like laying the wood on people, left and right. Um, we I think we it's well known that Witt's got the the best D in the conference. Probably I'd the say he has D. one of the best D's. The most consistent D. Probably the hardest. Utah's defense is going to be legit this year. Yeah. Chase Hansen, um, Bradley and I. Yeah. Yeah. Bradley well, and I and Lucky Fotu. Well, and we, we haven't even mentioned the reason why Chase Hansen is able to make the move to linebacker, in all seriousness. It's because <laughs> he's got an NFL caliber secondary behind him where oh, yeah. the Utes didn't necessarily need him at safety anymore. We talked to He's, you know, guys like Julian Blackman there in the backfield. Yeah. We, we talked about it the best. Uh, <laughs> Corner combination in the Pac-12, absolutely, and they're both only sophomores. Yeah, it's and it's, then they have Marquise Blair, who's going to be back healthy. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, they're going to be really talented this year. Uh, and I mean, it's no secret that Francis Bernard's probably going to end up at Utah. I mean, ninety-nine percent yeah. chance. I mean, the rumors. Yeah, it sounds like he just has to finish up a few junior college things before he ends up at Utah. But that linebacking when core he joins. Oh, with uh, Cody Barton is like the most experienced guy returning. He's probably the third best and out of the three guys on there because Francis Bernard's a stud. I mean, that's that was a Fran- big loss for BYU last Francis year. Francis Bernard is immediately the best linebacker at Utah when he when he's eligible, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. let's let's be real. Like, it, it's Francis Bernard. He's their number one guy there. Oh, I think I think really part of the reason that BYU the- really struggled last year, so they lose Moroni Laulu Pututau when their whole off season they're planning on using a double tight right. set with Bushman and uh, Moroni Lalu Pututau. Um, they had to completely change their offense. There were, obviously yeah. were issues with the quarterback position and injuries. They're we're super, we're moving on to BYU here for those who didn't catch that, by the way. We're moving on to BYU here just so people aren't confused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is for uh, BYU last season. But defensively, losing Francis Bernard right before the season started was like it, it was – so bad for that defense that returned killer. a lot of experience. It was killer. Um, and you saw it on the outset when they couldn't get pressure on the quarterback mm-hmm. uh, and they weren't able to bring a fifth guy from the linebacker position. It really hurt them. Um, they had to move a safety up, a very already maybe undersized player as a safety in Matt Hadley to come up and play in the box every single down. And he gets hurt against LSU because he was undersized and because he's not used to playing in the box. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Francis Bernard is going to be a huge boon to that Utah D. And he's going to really, um, you know. He's going to really stiffen that Utah D. <laughs> the biggest question, like, in Pac-12 Media Day, or the biggest uh, topic was that, 
was whether or not Utah is good enough to take the Pac-12 South. Um, we've covered it a lot already, but if any year Utah is going to clinch the South, it's got to be this year. Well, they have the best chance. So they're picked to finish second in the South by the media. Or was it the coaches? Media. Media. And uh, USC's picked to finish first. But USC just lost a first-round quarterback uh, right. to the draft. Um, their defense is going to be they, really they've good. They've got a really good quarterback also coming in, arguably the best quarterback prospect in the nation well, in sure. uh, JT it's, Daniels out of it's Monday. It's Right. Yeah. They're always I mean, going to have good people. They're always going to have talented Gatorade players. National Player of the but, Year. I mean, it, a lot of times it does take some time to acclimate to the college system, sure. the sure, college sure. level. And depending um, on who starts at quarterback, Utah has the force on defense to really shake up whoever's there. Yeah, like they're going to be I, – I don't think that Utah's going to have a problem pressuring quarterbacks this season. Um, it just depends on how, how Utah's offense can stand up to – um, USC's defense, especially with those linebackers uh, right. between, uh, is it Cameron Smith and Cameron uh, Porter Smith. Gustin? Mm-hmm. Like, those are probably two of the best four or five linebackers in the Pac 12. Yeah. Um, the, the off, but that you, you bring it, you kind of segue into the offense. Utah's offense probably looks better than it has in the past. So I think they returned four out of five offensive of line five starters. Line, yeah. Um, they returned their quarterback. Um, if as long as Huntley can stay healthy, they kind of have to rein him in a little bit this year. Um, make number, sure that number one returning quarterback in the Pac-12. Oh, really? Yeah, he was third overall last year at 294 yards per game, which was second only to a pair of first-round draft picks in Josh Rosen and Sam Darnold. Oh, wow. But I don't think that pretty he's, good company. he's not going to be the best quarterback in the Pac-12 this year. I think sure. I think I'd definitely put him top five. Sure, sure. He'll probably um, be the best. No, no, but in terms in terms of returning returning production. Yeah. Um, I, bet I mean, I, I think that Jake Browning is probably the best, like, and he's probably the best pro prospect. It just depends on how many, uh, what kind of talent he has around him. Him and, um, and Justin Herbert out of Oregon. Yeah. Probably deserves and then a little put, bit of a shout uh, out. Khalil so. Tate is probably, I would probably put That's Khalil true. Tate as the best all around quarterback in Pac-12. He just doesn't really have the weapons, weapons and him. tools around yeah. him. Um, but he does have a great quarterback whisperer um, in Kevin Sumlin. But yeah, I mean, I would put probably Huntley at, at that fourth spot. Right. Um, um, I'd put him over Oregon's quarterback. I know you're a fan of him, but I would put him. Justin Herbert? Yeah, I'd probably put Tyler Huntley above Justin Herbert. Different types of players, so it's difficult yeah. to say. But in terms of all-around athleticism, I'd probably give Huntley the nod for sure. I mean, Huntley is so dangerous, and this is also part of his weakness, is is both as a runner and a passer. Herbert's not as much of a runner. I think kind of the next step, if you will, in Hunt, Tyler Huntley's maturation as a quarterback is knowing when and where to run now. And this isn't sure. anything new. I mean, Kyle Whittingham's been saying this for a couple of weeks since spring ball. Yeah. Um, but it, it's it's knowing when to take off and try to get that extra yard. When to just sit in the pocket. Yeah. When to try to find you know pick your pick your uh, pick your spots and and you know maybe even occasionally take a sack um, if it's better for ball security that kind sure. of thing. Well, so. and at the same time, uh, Utah has. A really, really, really good backup quarterback. If Huntley ends up missing any time, Jack Tuttle, who um, I'm not going to be surprised if he uh, gets quite a few reps this season uh, with the new redshirt rule that you can play in four games right. and still uh, use a redshirt. It's pretty obvious. He's going to get opportunities early in the season, and then probably, you know, depending on where they're at with the Pac-12 towards the end of the season and uh, against Utah on that or against BYU in that non-conference game. 
to wrap up the season. He's. It's pretty obvious that Jack Tuttle's the future, so I think they're going to try and get him as many reps as possible, like you yeah. just said. Yeah, and here's the thing is they're going to be able to redshirt him this year, still yeah. get him reps, and Huntley will be a junior next year, and Tuttle will still be a redshirt freshman, which yeah. is going to be huge, huge. for Utah. Um, um, they also got probably one of the best receivers um, joining them this year. One of the dynamic year. playmakers, most, yeah. Yeah, one of the most dynamic. Just uh, obviously we're talking about um, Britton Covey coming off his two-year mission. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to be catching for Tyler Huntley, and he ha- probably has the – he has such a good knack for getting open. Yeah. He's just somehow finds the way, whether – you know, he just he, understands spacing and like right. that's something that you saw in his ability as um as a high school football player, uh, just the way that he was able to read defenses because he wasn't a receiver in high school. He's a quarterback that they pretty much just said, "Hey, you either uh, run the ball or you chuck it up." Yeah. Um, and just his ability to read defenses, understand spacing, and um, just positioning himself is just outstanding. I mean, and he's so shifty and he's so quick. He's so fast. Um, slippery, you know, everything that they say yeah. about a white guy who's undersized, <laughs> like he has, he fits the bill. Like yeah. he's like a Wes Welker, Julian Edelman, like. Absolutely. Um, Edelman is exactly what he was, he reminds me of. I mean, yeah. I, d- I haven't seen him lately, so I don't know how, how, is that, how is that racist? he's put on. Or, is that racist? No, it's not racist. Well, I mean, I guess Hema's saying it is. It's okay <laughs> for me to say it. I mean, no, it's just because, you know, ex-quarterback, under quote unquote undersized, um, he really uses his smarts and his the speed that he has to be able to get open and find space. Then you got like uh, uh, Samson Nakua that's also going to be able to catch. He's just a he's just an athletic guy. He's he's a freak. He's a freak. He's a freak. He's a Nakua, so he's like a freak athlete. I I fully expect Samson Nakua to be on Bruce Hel- Bruce Feldman's freak list by the end of his college career. Yes, he's yeah. an absolute freak, just athletically. His attention to detail on the football field, um, his ability to analyze a playbook is is just freakish. You know what's ways. crazy about these Nakuas is, uh, so we start with Kai. The, the youngest one's the best? No, they get better as the further down you go the line. Right. So you have Kai, who was a stud at BYU. Mm-hmm. Um, Isaiah, who currently out with of the high Baltimore school, Ravens. Um, not Isaiah. Kai is currently with the Baltimore yeah. Ravens. Yeah, after spending last year with the Browns, started a couple games. Mm-hmm. Um, Isaiah may have been the most gifted athletically in high school, just never really panned out at the college level because he had some grade issues. Um, very well known that he really a lot of these star. Nakua's really struggled after their father passed away. Uh, I mean, it's a tough, tough. thing to deal right. with. Um, they went through an absolute tragedy and. Um, Isaiah's kind of bounced around a little bit from Snow to BYU a couple times to UVU to try and get his grades sorted out. Rumored to go up to Utah. He was on a mission for a while, but he came back and like no one really knew that he did come back. But he was in high school, maybe the most gifted athletically. Um, Samson is a stud who tore it up as a freshman last year. And then Puka might be the very best of all of them. Um, and football's football's not even Puka's best sport. No, it's basketball. Kid's an incredible <laughs> basketball player. Yeah, he's a freak athlete and a state champion long jumper. Yeah, he. So he's a USC commit. Yeah, head um, USC. Which the thing that was funny is I always heard about Puka Nakua growing up that he was going to be the best Nakua. I don't know why, but his name just kind of like reminded me of like this short, chubby, like Polynesian kid, <laughs> like Puka. Like I don't know why, but Puka just sounds kind of like a 
like a like chubby little he he's actually kid. he's actually Which talked is the about complete opposite he's actually talked about being the fat kid when he was little okay so so and I, I don't know the he right was, image I, in my mind I, th- I think I think he was the fat kid in air quotes like like athletes talk about how they used to be fat like Yoli Childs used to be fat you know he talks about that kind of in air quotes where you're not really they're, they're not really chubby but um, Jimmer Fredette was fat thing, and so was Mike Trout. I mean, a lot of Mike a lot Trout of, just looks fat because he's so muscly. Though I mean, a lot of people have a little baby fat, and some like me never Bryce actually Harper grew was out of legit, it. Was a freaking he looked like he was eating like double doubles or whatever <laughs> at the Las Vegas. Bunny. Oh, dude, he was a chubster. That's funny. like that's why he was able to hit the ball so far. Um, but yeah, the the Nakua's are freak athletes, and um, Samson's gonna be a just, stud for the youth this year. Like they have probably, I mean, Kyle Winningham said it. One to eighty-five on their scholarships, probably the best team that they've ever had. While he's been there, he's been I there for twenty-five that. plus years. He was on the team that uh, won the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, that was his first game as a head coach. Was the two thousand four Fiesta Bowl, and he beat Alabama in the two thousand nine Sugar Bowl. Right. They've had some really good teams at Utah, um, and he says that this is one of their best. Uh, he's not a guy for rhetoric. I 100% believe that if he's if he's feeding that information. It's true. So, like, we talked about the offense because Utah's pretty much well-known for their defense, their D. Um, their offense oh, is – is famous. It's, it's, their offense is obviously improved. We didn't even mention their special teams, which is probably the best. Oh, it's the best the unit on their team, yeah. Yeah. And they, – They are, year in and year out, the best special teams unit in the country. Absolutely. So, with all these things, like, every aspect – of the team is so strong. Utah just needs to not do what Utah does and drop a game to Colorado, Arizona state. Don't drop those Um, games. Washington state this year, Oregon state, you know, whoever um, they play, like they just need to win those games. Um, But yeah, it's just amazing. What quick note on special teams, what Utah is able to do every single year with BYU rejects, guys that try to walk onto the BYU right. football team, and the BYU coach is like, "You don't have any business playing college football. Like, who are you, yeah. uh, you know, Andy uh, Andy Phillips, to think that you're a college football Jeez. kicker or Matt Gay? What makes right. you think that you can make the transition to a field goal kicker? And these guys go and freaking tear it up for yeah. them for three years, you know, and earn all American." <laughs> honors like it's just ridiculous the way that they're able to develop guys on special teams like and we saw that um sorry to pivot this back to BYU but it all starts with the coaching and Ed Lamb really um put a big emphasis on that his first year at BYU um and we even saw this last year some of BYU's best highlights came from the special teams unit hashtag Braden Braden Abakri um best player on BYU's so it just goes to show how important, um, you know, special teams can be. Mm-hmm. And Utah being able to continue that special teams play this year is going to be huge for them. So we'll see what happens. Plus getting um, back their best returner in the aforementioned Brent Covey. Yeah. So, uh, and I think Britain's going to be even more dynamic. I mean, he's had he's been training with uh, Jordan Pendleton all, all off season. He's who, had two years to get in the college football frame of mind? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, a quick note about Jordan Pendleton. His players just um, put together, you know, the guys that he trains in the offseason always put together great seasons. You look at Fred Warner last season. He trained with him during the offseason. Tijon Karoma, 
Um, all his NFL guys that he trains with put up huge numbers, so I don't see why it would be any different with Britton Covey, who was already a freak before he left. Um, Shout out to Sky Ridge High School linebackers coach Jordan Pendleton. So, so do you, do you guys want to talk about the schedule a little bit, or do you feel like we we've talked enough? Um, well, let's just make a quick prediction. Okay, let's just final record uh, before the bowl game. <clears throat> okay, let's uh, so let's uh, go through it. First game, we were state at Utah. Uh, win, um, win, win. It is. I I am on record saying I think that game's closer than a lot will expect uh, for an for a Power Five FCS opponent. August uh, but it's still 30th? pretty easy one. August thirtieth, June, July, August. Yeah, August thirtieth, six p.m. Um, Utah is going to win. Yeah. Um, how? Let's talk about how close you think it is. Uh, Sean just mentioned that he thinks it's going to. I be mean, close. I think I think it's still a, a like a three touchdown win, probably. Okay. But I think that's closer than a lot of people think. Okay, I I'd buy that. Weber State's. A good I also school. I also don't see Kyle Whittingham running up the score sure. on his former assistant, sure. Jay Hill. Um, okay, next game. Let's go Utah at Northern Illinois. I don't know how they got a road game. How Northern Illinois got a home great game. negotiating by the NIU uh, by the NIU AD, but that's still a Utah win. Yep, Utah win. Utah yep. win. Yep. Okay. Now let's get to the real games. Then Washington, they open back twelve play. Yep. Washington comes to Utah uh, September fifteenth at eight p.m. Washington. Washington's the best team in the Pac twelve. Number one. Team. Sorry, Utes. Yeah. Um, I'm actually going to go with an upset there. Really? I think Utah shocks early in the, the season. Rain, yeah. I think early in the season, I think they can catch them off guard. Okay. Especially, I mean, just depending on where they're at health-wise um, after those first two non-conference games, um, they should have their full force because they're not going to be playing, you know, their full uh, starters against Weber State. Right, and right. Hopefully they're able to pull all their guys against NI, uh, NIU. So I'm, I'm going to go them catching the Purple Rain early oh, in the interesting. season. All right. Next game, they – you know, Utah travels to Pullman uh, September 29th um, to face well, my, my favorite my coach in the Pac-12. I think he's everybody's favorite I mean, coach. Everybody he's the official coach of the KSL Sports Beat after our <laughs> oh, podcast. Yes. Indeed he it. is. Indeed he is. We he should has, get him on the show. Oh, I bet we could do it. Oh, he absolutely would do it. I the, He's never turned down a media appearance. He, There's not a media appearance that Mike Leach has turned he down. He did the weather I'm gonna for do Pete's it. sake. Yeah, I'm going to do it. Anywho, uh, Utah, Washington State. Does Wazoo stand any chance here, guys? No. Uh, I think they do. What? I think it's a trap game. At home? I think it's a trap game. Cam and Cooper throws her 400 yards? Well, here's the thing that's kind of funny about Washington State is they always, it seems like they always give Utah a really tough game. Sure. Um, Luke Falk's not walking through that door. Well, I know Luke Falk's not walking or through Hercules that door. But it's a trap. it's a trap game because look at who they're playing next week on the road. Stanford. Okay. Stanford's going to be a really good team again this year. Sure. We're going to see uh, – I mean, they bring back Bryce Love. Uh, they have the uh, Turbo Tongan at fullback. <laughs> um, if they can figure out their quarterback issue that they've had ever since um, Andrew Luck graduated, like sure. they're going to be a good team. It's a David Shaw team, though. I mean, they only need so much a quarterback. Right. I mean, they have Bryce Love. They have right. the most dynamic player in college football. Um, it's going to be a – they're gonna. I think it's gonna be a uh, a trap game in Pullman, and I also think Utah's gonna lose to Stanford on the road. All right, I uh, agree with that last part. I think Stanford's better than Utah. Um, maybe not terribly better, but I do think Stanford. It's is gonna be a tight game. It's Utah. gonna be like a. It's gonna be like a seventeen sixteen game. Like if it's like low that. scoring like that, 
Stanford's definitely going to win. I think that's the type of game that Stanford wants to play against Utah yeah. as well. Maybe even a foreshadowing of the uh, Pac-12 championship. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I think that there's going to be a shootout in Pullman and then a low-score game in Stanford the next week. Fair. Next, we got uh, Arizona coming to Salt Lake. Uh, Utah win there. Utah win there. Utah should win that one. Then SC at Utah. Basically, the South championship. Guys, I think Utah's going to win this game. I'm guessing that this is probably going to be Utah's blackout game. Sure. Um, it's, it's October. Yeah, it's the October blackout game. There's going to be a huge atmosphere. Depending on where Utah's at, I mean, hopefully they're... They've only lost one or two games. It's going to be probably a top 15, top 20 matchup mm-hmm. in college football if game day's there. Oof. If they're both that's going to be a huge. Yeah, it's going to be, be a huge atmosphere for this game. Um, and we've seen the last couple of years, uh, game day really likes coming to Utah, guys. They do. So I think that um, in that type of atmosphere, I think, I think, uh, I think Utah gets the win. All right. <laughs> Then Utah goes on the road to play the other L.A. team, the Rose Bowl. Um, Win. Uh, Josh Rosen's not walking through that door. October 26th. But Chip Kelly Charles Chip Kelly Kelly is, though. So I still go Utah win. I think so, too. UCLA is not as strong as they have been in the past. But then again, it's an L.A. school, so we'll see what happens. Then Utah goes to Tempe. Um, Shouts to your alma mater, or Arizona State. Fourth generation Sun Devil. Uh, Utah, I think, gets the win on a decaying Herm Edwards. <laughs> that is a very apt description, but I'm going to have to disagree with you there, Hamahamuli Jr. Unbiased opinion. I don't, well, Utah doesn't play ASU very well. I mean, let's call it That's a, like it is. They, they got 11 sacks against they, them. Yeah, but they can't convert. Like, even in years like that, they don't convert it very well. No, that's true. You know, they don't I, score very well against them. There's just something, there's some sort of a mental roadblock with Arizona State. And going into the Valley of the Sun, I think, is a lot to ask. I think Herm Edwards is the ultimate wild card. I'm not certain it's going to be good for ASU. I don't think many people are. But it also could be the exact opposite, where it's really good for ASU. I just, I don't like this game for the Utes. Uh, Arizona State is has a lot less on the line than Utah does, I do yeah. believe. Plus, um, ASU has a couple of probably top three round draft picks this year on that uh, defensive line. Yeah. Um, okay, let's roll to the last three games of the of the season. Um, Easy cakewalk. Cakewalk through the end. We'll talk about the last game, but Oregon at Utah. Win over win. Oregon. Absolutely. Win, win over Colorado. Win over Colorado. Unless Colorado is really bad, then and there's a game. There's like a Pac-12 South title on the line. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, then maybe you t- I know that this loses is still it. like a tough then the oof, blow subject, and they but... lose to a one-win Colorado. Yeah. Oh. Um, oh, that would be. Oh. And then That'd the be game painful. we've all been waiting for the game after the rivalry game. Utah, Utah State. <laughs> BYU goes. Oh, to Salt I mean Lake. BYU. Sorry, BYU I get the two confused. Provo and Ogden. Again, I'm confused. I think we've all established here sure. Utah's going to win their eight. It's going to be like uh, when I remember when I did something wrong as a child and my dad called me over i knew i did something wrong he knew i did something wrong i knew for sure i was going to get my ass whooped that's basically what's going to happen to BYU. <laughs> they're getting called over to rice eccles and they're going to get their ass whooped you thank you hema hey muli thank you hema hey for giving us an explicit tag on this shout out to itunes you're welcome um so let me uh so I think I have Utah going 10-2, 9-3. I think we're all about the same 9-3, 10-2 range. Um, so I think that Utah's going to have a really special season this year. 
Um, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, but talk about someone else who has been having a special season. Jimmer Fredette back on U.S. soil. Burr? With uh, Brandon Davies tearing it up in the basketball tournament. Just made it to the uh, Fantastic Four. No, that's trademark <laughs> Final Four. No, can't do that. Uh, the semifinals. Freak, the freaking four. The the fresh four. four. The fresh four. The the, f- the fresh the fresh four of Bel Air. The four. The f- the f- finger licking four. He, they made it to the the final the semifinals of the basketball tournament by TBT. beating. Um, I can't remember who they beat Friday, but they beat Scarlet and Gray uh, this morning. Well, at right. one o'clock. Yeah. Uh, mountain time. Um, Jimmer has put up 69 points this week. That's insane. Nice. Nice. The uh, he scored 41 on Friday, 28 tonight, um, or this afternoon, and he's been tearing it up. And like, it's so crazy to see all these national outlets talking Jimmer again. Bill Simmons <laughs> was talking Jimmer on his podcast. The Ringer. They had an article. Tate Frazier wrote yeah. about. Um, uh, how he was looking forward to the Scarlet and Gray Jimmer Fredette matchup, which didn't, which ended up being kind of a blowout for Team Fredette. Oh yeah, Team Fredette played awesome. Um, I think when they hit the Elam roll, uh, Team Fredette was up seventeen or nineteen or something like that. Yeah. Like it was pretty much out of hand by that point. Um, is this the biggest news story of twenty eighteen? <laughs> it's definitely the most interesting. So far, I think. Because, I mean, like, a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, Jimmer Fredette. That's right. I remember him. A lot of young kids are like, who the hell is Jimmer Fredette? Like, this dude comes over from the China League, CBA. I don't know. What yeah, Chinese Basketball, Basketball Association. And uh, Shanghai Sharks. Word. Just for fun, throws a team together of. Like at the last second, like Brandon Davies was like, I need a thousand Twitter followers to play in this game. <laughs> Jack Cooley, they pick up right before the round right. of sixteen. It's um yeah, it's just a piece together team. And they looked pieced together the first couple of games, but man, they looked and then so they just, good. Well first, well at least they had Fredette to like because the first couple of games he just was scoring buckets. Yeah. And then they got their their act together. They were running plays. Uh Brandon Davies, like what the heck? He's like Duncan left and right. Uh, you see that? Excuse me. That's EuroLeague, all EuroLeague <laughs> first team, Brandon Davies. So he's playing the best basketball of his career. I mean, and I thought he was a good player at BYU. And that first he was he was great last year in Bulgaria, though. He was great. Like, did he play in Bulgaria? It, it was uh, at uh, Zagreb, Latvia, Latvia though. Is it in Bulgaria? Hold on, whatever. I'm gonna Wherever he was playing in Europe, he played great. This, I mean, this is how much of a EuroLeague podcast team... we are. Uh, to what the Euroleague Final Four, um, they ended up winning their uh, their country title, um, which I think was in Latvia. They were playing in the same league as the Ball Brothers, um, and he was tearing it up against the Ball Brothers, you know, which yeah. is a uh, pretty big time. Uh, he's a big baller, but yeah, I mean, it's been fun we, to watch. We were both wrong. It's Lithuania. Oh, Lithuania. I was at least close <laughs> with the L. But it's been awesome to watch just Jimmer be Jimmer again um, yeah. because like we hear stories about it that like Jimmer scored 70 plus in a game in the Chinese Basketball Association which that makes ESPN but like there's not really any highlights of that out there like they're yeah. really hard to find in fact I have like um, some very obscure Twitter follower 
who's a huge CBA fan that lives in China. This is an American wow. guy that goes and like goes to all of Jimmer's games and like wow. tweets like live <laughs> updates from the games. That's, That's how amazing. I get my Jimmer updates. Uh, who is he? I'm not going to tell him. you guys because I don't want anyone else to know because oh, when man. I'm getting the scoop on all That's of Jimmer's <laughs> games, <laughs> That's your. That's I don't your, want uh, anyone. That's my claim to fame. Plug. Shout out Ben Bagley for uh, introducing me to this guy. That's amazing. Um, this guy legitimately only has like 80 Twitter followers. Does his Twitter account rhyme with at Wanther? No. Okay. I, I don't know no who that, that is. is. I don't yeah. know what you're going with. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, Jimmer, it's good to see, you know, Brandon Davies with that double move or whatever on uh, Greg Odin. Is that who it was? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, okay. it's weird. And, and Jimmer nutmegging Jared Sullivan. Greg Odin, I think Greg Odin showed up to that game wearing braces on his knees, hips, ankles, <laughs> back, and was using a walker. So you're saying like, he's Iron bruh, Man. He was already like 45 when he was in college. He's like <laughs> 65 now because he's been out of the NBA for like 12 years. Yeah. Like he was an old man. It's uh, but yeah. Uh, I will. I will say though that moment where uh, Jimmer Fredette nutmeg Jared Solinger was pretty great. Yeah. And yeah. also a possible foreshadow of this upcoming CBA season because we've established Jimmer Fredette plays for the Shanghai Sharks, and uh, Solinger just signed a big money contract with uh, Shenzhen, I think. Okay. Yeah, the I Tigers. Believe. Yeah, yeah, the Tigers. Interesting. Um, I know so, way uh, too much about the CB. <laughs> yeah, so that could be a uh, shout out, Jimmer Fredette. Um, you know, something kind of funny though is the Scarlet and Gray team. Uh, they have some unbelievable players. So they have Jared Solinger, who he was a top two pick. Greg Oden was number one overall pick. Number one overall. 20, um, yeah. I mean, they had some really Aaron good players Kraft. that made good money in the league uh, for a number of years, and Team Fredette just kind of picked them apart with like. You know, a couple of guys that bounced around in the D-League. Jimmer, who just was never able to find a home in the NBA. And uh, Philadelphia 76ers all-star Brandon Davies, who got cut. Rashad James, former NAIA Division II Player of the Year. Yeah. Like, they had some really good players, and they were just able to just kind of pick them apart. I mean, they blew them out. It's crazy. And so I would like to see him go all the way for that $2 million prize. I think everyone would like to see that, besides you fans, because... It's going to be a tough Jimmer out. Sucks, but it's it's going to is awful. It's going to be a tough out this Thursday out because Jones. they are. Uh, <laughs> love you, Tony. Uh, but uh, yeah, Team Fredette is going to be playing Overseas Elite in the semifinals. Who they won last year? Uh, which could be tough. Yeah. yeah. So over Overseas Elite is is they're one of the final four teams. They've uh, won the tournament three straight years now. It's mm-hmm. the fourth year of the tournament. So uh, once that uh, semi. Uh, Semifinals. Uh, semifinals are this Thursday on ESPN, though. Okay. Starting uh, five o'clock Mountain Time. I think they're back to back. Both have of them. fun cutting the highlights, oh, Emma. Yeah. It's gonna be all me. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, Friday's the championship game. If oh, Team wow. Fredette makes it that far, both games on ESPN. But that's that's what I think has been a lot of fun about TBT is it's yeah There's this nothing like happening. like yeah this isn't this <laughs> isn't the, the NBA world. like I'm not I'm not gonna say like all of these what guys about the need MLB to be trade deadline guys. I'm not going to say like these these are all guys that need to be in the NBA and the NBA team sure. need to sign them and all that but it's really fun basketball it's really cool tweaks and it's just kind of a reminder of like hey there are guys out there that can play and they don't always make an NBA well, roster like a lot of these guys too, are legit like really good players The thing too is this unites a lot of college basketball because a lot of these teams are are, are have like a tie in to a specific school they're mostly um, alumni teams. Yeah, they're mostly yeah. alumni teams, and so Except it's a lot of fun elite. for uh, like these uh, these um, 
fan bases of specific schools to watch their guys again because they don't have opportunities because we're not watching EuroLeague basketball all the time. Right. Even um, when your alma mater loses on a buzzer beater to the Marquette alumni and agonizing on an agonizing 40-footer. Not that that happened today. Looking at you, Bams Army. Oh, man, that's awesome. Oh. Salty Syracuse fan oh. in here. But, no, it's Painful. been, like we said, Painful. it's been fun to watch Jimmer. Um, it's um, it's yeah, been it's fun to watch Jimmer. And, uh, yeah, he's been awesome uh, for this tournament. It's it's something to watch, for sure. Yeah. Like, so if you've got nothing to do. You guys, um, you guys want a hot take? Real quick. TBT is the best summer basketball in North America. I like summer league basketball a lot, though. Summer league is like the potential of what could be for your team. It's definitely better than than the NBA finals. <laughs> well, that's right. fair. Good. Although it's not going to happen. Although the same finals those game. were those out those were uh, also games of blowout proportion, similar to Team for Dead and Scarlet and Gray. Yeah, let's just say I'm glad we're not going to have another Golden State Cavs final. Um, Golden State Lakers, though. Oh wait. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. one thing uh, that we kind of want to talk about today is if we were able to put together and organize uh, the blank tournament Ooh. where we would go in and do the equivalent of putting up 69 points over two games, what would each of us do? Okay. Who wants to start? We'll start with Sean. So um, I wrestled in high school. And... Uh, there was this guy who would come to the open invitational format of this really big high school wrestling tournament in St. George every year. And, uh, like, every year he would show up and he would wrestle. And it got to the point where he was in his 40s and eventually he would show up to a tournament and he would he was the only one in his Wait, was age. He, was he wrestling high school kids? No, 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 no. Oh, no, okay. No, no it, was, it was the open invitational version. I was like, oh, version. my gosh. No, no, it was, the, it was the open invitational version. Okay. So, like, people, like, show up and they just, like, throw on, like, this old man tournament, basically. Uh, he got into his 40s and eventually he was the only one in his age slash weight division because they split him up by not just weight I classification but also, also uh, age classification. He was okay. the only one. Um, so he would just wrestle like one exhibition match at like 44 years old um, and do that. And I would not I would not do a TBT version of wrestling because I would suck there. Um, however, however, I am talking about a Nintendo switch off of the basketball tournament. So not like professional eSport gamers, but, just straight up like ordinary Joe Blow guys doing like the full round of like Mario Kart, uh, Fortnite. I guess Fortnite's a Switch game now, and like I don't know some other random game like a trial version. There we go, Splatoon Two. Yes, yes. Uh, that's what I'm calling for. Okay. Yeah. Hema. Um, I'm still thinking. Do you want to go, bro? I'm still thinking. Um, maybe like uh. You know what I've always wanted, I joke with my wife all the time that I think I should get into, is professional eating. Oh, dude. Like, I really think I, I really think that I, like, have a talent for it because, like, (laughs) I don't know why or how, but I've always had, like, this blessing and this (laughs) God-given gift that I can just put down food and I can put it down fast. Okay, let me, before you go on, let me tell you about some, like, food competitions that already exist. Okay. I think 
you'd want to think twice about. Okay, the hot dog competition. Would okay. you do that? Um, I would have to train a lot for it, but I would do it. Yeah, I like eating hot dogs. Okay, there's a mayonnaise eating competition. No, I wouldn't do that. No. There's a no, 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 no. oyster eating competition. No, I, I could do that. oysters. Like I literally like one time I smelled an oyster and I threw up. So what? So what I could food could you eat if there if there isn't a competition? Like chicken nuggets. Is there a chicken nugget? Oh, dude, I could probably go to McDonald's. Okay, do you want to know something disgusting? So, okay. after I first graduated from high school, um, I worked um, as an electrician uh, for my uncle who would build houses and. Um, a lot of times I would forget to go get food, but the only thing that was close by was McDonald's. This was back when McDonald's did the, uh, you could get 20 McNuggets for five 20, bucks. Yeah. Um, I would go and I would spend either 10 or $15 on chicken nuggets and I would put those down during my lunch break and I would still be good to go for really? like a work. Oh yeah. I would, I would regularly, I would at least once a week eat 40 chicken nuggets. Interesting. And this was back when I was pretty skinny too. Like I'm not <laughs> super skinny now. I was, I was a good 30, 35 pounds lighter than I am right now. Yeah. Uh, I was a pretty small size guy. Um, I've been able to eat down, put down in one sitting a little Caesar's pizza. Um, there was one time when I, after a baseball game, um, I ate three four by fours from in and out um, with two orders of fries and a strawberry shake. <laughs> Um, so the current major league eating record for chicken nuggets is held by Sonia Thomas, who put down 80 chicken nuggets in five minutes. Oh, you could do wow. that. Wow. 80 chicken See, nuggets? See, if I train my body to do that, like, because the thing that, that I kind of get stuck with is the jaw. Like, my jaw starts to really tighten up and get sore. Um, um, when Daigo, Daigo, Kobayashi, Daigo Kobayashi, the former all-star yeah. of major well league eating. Actually, had to retire early because of tendonitis in his jaw. Yeah, really. Well, it's like professional gamers. Like most professional gamers are usually retired by the time they're twenty or twenty-one because they have so much arthritis, uh, arthritis in their fingers as well wow. as um, tarpal con- or carpal tunnel um, from just playing. I mean, I think I read online. What's the game that Gordon Hayward would play all the line, all the time? Fortnite. No, League of Legends. Starcraft. I think it's League of Legends. Is the, that a game? The MOBA? Yeah, yeah. Okay. LOL. So, it's a MOBA. So League of Legends. Um, I don't know what you guys are talking guys about. Guys who do League of Legends, a normal player um, does two moves per second. I think a professional player, I, I can't remember exactly what the stat was. They do like seven or eight moves per second. It's like five and a half, I think. Okay. Yeah. It, it was something outrageous compared to like what like an average Joe would do. So I think that if I train my body enough and, you know, I was able to get to the point where I'm able to just burn a ton of calories, like, um, I mean, I'd have to exercise a lot. I think I could put down a lot of food and be really good at it. And, um, like, yeah, like I regularly go to like restaurants and like, this is always like a running joke that like my wife and like family members make fun of me. We'll go out to a restaurant and I'll be done eating before they're even like a quarter of the way done with their food. <laughs> And then I just have to sit there for the rest of the time and, and watch the meat, and I'm the... still hungry. Oh, my gosh. Um, and so my wife, bless her soul, uh, thank you also, pregnancy, for this. Uh, she gives me a lot of her food, and now, <laughs> before it was because she felt bad. Now it's because her stomach is just being so squished that she can't eat as much without uh-huh. getting sick. Uh, so bless my wife's soul. Like, the other day, uh, my wife – so every year my wife 
uh, and I take her grandpa out to Bam Bam's for his birthday. It's like a tradition that we've been doing for three or four years. And we went to Bam Bam's, and I got like a brisket sandwich with extra meat, mm-hmm. macaroni, uh, mac and cheese, and a drink. Um, I ate my sandwich, the mac and cheese, and put down two 24-ounce Mountain Dew before my wife had even, like, taken a couple bites out of her sandwich. And she got there before I did and had ordered. Wow. And had already started eating. She got halfway done with the sandwich and let me eat the rest of it because she was so full. (laughs) And so I was like, thank you because you were literally the best for that. And so, yeah, I think that – Eating. Major league eating. Like, I think I I could – at least, like, against guys who aren't training all the time. Like, I think that if we were to have, like, an eating contest, maybe we could live stream this. I think if we were to have an eating contest be between so us fun. three, like, I think I would destroy you guys. And then I'd probably puke oh, you'd, out my you'd guts beat me. after. No problem. You'd beat me. Um, like, maybe we should do something with, like, Beto's. Like, see Ooh. who can eat, like, a Beto's burrito the fastest. Roll tacos. Like. Although, that'll tire out your jaw, I think. Yeah. Uh, like, another one is, have you guys ever had the Cheesecake Factory burrito? No. <laughs> okay, so it's about yay long. What? Um. It's for those who are listening, I do about a, a foot and a half to two feet. Oh, my goodness. They literally have a huge platter that they bring bring it out on, and it's completely covering the platter. I used to be able to, like, put that down in, like, six minutes. Six minutes? Yeah. I got to see this. Let's do a let's do a after hours outing to, like, this place. We'll, we'll throw it up on. Factory. Just to see. Uh, I want to see this burrito. Can we we'll, borrow, we'll like, the company on. card for <laughs> this? Because I don't want to. Pay for Cheesecake Factory myself. That place is expensive. <laughs> we'll, th- we'll throw it on Instagram live, though, at KSL oh, yeah. Sports on Instagram. That'd yeah. be great. No, we're going to do an eating contest. We'll Kay. do it in the next Let's two weeks. Um, that's, man. Cu- couple, couple other records, courtesy of Major League Eating, just to tap this off. Uh, Tim Eater X Janice, 140 pieces of nigiri in six minutes. What is Nigiri. Oh, nigiri. nigiri. Yeah. Eel. Yeah. Eel sushi. Uh, Matt Stoney, 10 pounds of spaghetti and red sauce in eight minutes. Ugh. Bob Shrout, 36 peanut butter and banana sandwiches in 10 minutes. See, I couldn't Ew. do that because peanut butter is too hard to well, like, it's like put not down. good food. Yeah. <laughs> the, um, great, the great Joey Chestnut himself, yeah. hot dog eater extraordinaire, 100, 165 pierogi in eight minutes. Whoa. I've never had a pierogi. Oh, dude, you put it with gravy, it's freaking money. It's just so like uh, it's like fries and gravy, like poutine. Okay. That's like my two favorite things is poutine and pierogies. That like okay, so that's that's good. Like a pierogi or like speaking of poutine, chestnut himself, two and a half twenty five and a half pounds Oof. in ten minutes. Twenty <laughs> pounds of poutine? Of poutine. No, that's a missing decimal. Twenty five no, twenty five point five pounds of smokes poutinery poutine. Bro. So he, it, he probably ate like at least like <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry. I'm trying to do the math real quick. Um, like 17% of his body weight, assuming he's like 150, I, I think he's like 180 pounds. pounds. No, 180 he's, he's pounds. He's a big guy. Yeah. I mean, not I think fat. He's like, I like, think he's like 170, 180, tall. something like that. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Still, wow. That's 25, 25 pounds. So that's like, that's like 12% of his body weight. Have you ever lifted like a 25 pound plate? Like walking around with that? That you just put on in like 10 Dude, could minutes. Could you imagine that oh, coming yeah. out the other end? <laughs> no, nah, they, have, they have to like s- surgically remove that. You got to throw up after something like that. Oh, uh, I ta- if he does. Ta- Maybe Garu, I couldn't compete at ta- the ta- highest Garu level. Kobayashi, 20 pounds of rice balls in 30 minutes. That's disgusting. 
But yeah. we're guys, we're gonna do this. Um, we're gonna do a bunch of food challenges now. Oh, I, yeah. We're gonna do this the Blazing Wings challenge from Buffalo Wild Wings. Let's go to. Have you heard of that Judd's place where they have that burger that's like like as big as a like tire? <laughs> I'm game. Okay. Okay. Let's do it. Let's Emma, do what's it. your thing? Um, man, nothing as good as that. That was probably the best one. I don't know. Uno. Uno. <laughs> Just bring in the best Uno players. I don't know. I, f- I feel like Hema is very good at Uno. So I feel like Hema's probably just good at, like, one, Hema's good at being a dad, and two, so he's probably good at card games. Uh, so, like, it's probably an fun. A and B correlation. And we he's know probably one. just, like, wiping the freaking floor with his wife and kids <laughs> with, like, just these, like, dumb card games. Like, we know he's We whatever. know he's definitely not good at seeing movies. Oh, he's yeah. not good at seeing movies. I suck at seeing movies. Um, Like, he is so bad at seeing movies that I'd say he's the movie pass of watching Ooh. movies when it comes to MoviePass being able to provide service to its customers. Because guess what, guys? My MoviePass was down for the last three days. How did you deal with that? Oh, I'm so mad. So my wife, we were going to go see a movie Friday or Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Okay. We were going to go see... Um, Mamma Mia? Mamma Mia 2. Uh, I wanted great to see movie. Skyscraper. Um, Not and a great movie. We wanted to see Ant-Man. And then I want to see Mission oh. Impossible 6. My wife yeah. doesn't care for it, but I want to see that. Um, so the movie theater closest to us, uh, the Megaplex in Geneva, doesn't even show up on the Great Movie theater. Pass app anymore. Um, I couldn't even get any showtimes to show up uh, last night, uh, Saturday night. And um, it just started working again, but only like half the theaters that were on there before. Uh, movie Pass is on its last leg. Like guys, dying. Thursday night, um, they had to get emergency funding because they ran out of money and they couldn't pay for tickets anymore. Wow. They got a five million dollar loan on Thursday, and uh, yeah, that's wild. Kind of, it looks like the beginning of the end is starting to happen. It's the Armageddon of movies. At, you know, when they when it came out, I was like, "This is too good to be true." No, it is too good to be true, and I. 100% am proud that I'm one of the people who put MoviePass out of business because I think I've seen 30-plus movies since I got my MoviePass back in December. One of my friends, Philip Maleni, shouts to him. When it first came out, he was, like, one of the first people to get it. And he was actually one of the first people to – I guess it doesn't matter because MoviePass is going out of business. He found no, a loophole. To this. He found a loophole in the system where he would buy – so he would check in with his app or whatever for a movie that evening – But when he got to the theater, he would buy a ticket for a movie that would come out in November. So he would do that every day, all summer. And then come November, he had bought out an entire theater. And that's where me and my son went to go watch Thor Ragnarok for free. Because Phil Maleni bought out the entire theater. And he only paid like maybe 10 10 months, no, not even that, probably like six months worth of of movie pass, which was like 60 bucks. So for 60 bucks, he bought out an entire theater in November for a movie that came out in November. And uh, it was amazing. And I was like, you're a genius. And he was like, yeah, it doesn't say that we can't do that. So then slowly, as time went on, you know, movie pass started making different rules and like charging different fees and now I can see why it's kind of going out of business. Yeah, I, I mean, it. they've completely changed their service from what it was, and they needed to. Um, sure. I mean, I think a lot of their service was predicated uh, 
on being able to sell the data of their customers based on what movies they were seeing. Um, and that hasn't worked out as well for them as they thought it would. It hasn't been able to pay off and be, be as financially viable because there's a lot of value in data. Um, but when you have people who are going and seeing movies, you know, a couple times a week. And seeing movies like Mamma Mia or Skyscraper, like what information could you possibly sell that well, for? You could sell – so like for – um, Mamma Mia, you could start selling it to someone who could advertise for like musicals or something like that, or right. like the soundtrack or like an Apple iTunes subscription, something like that. Skyscraper, uh, sell it to Amazon, and sell you're telling to... people to rent out Die Hard, which is people basically who like... like buildings. But if yeah, if, but my point is like if you like movies, you love Movie Pass, and if you love movies and you get to watch movies for cheap, you're going to watch all the movies. Like you're not tailoring a specific audience. So let me tell you guys some of the movies that that I went out and saw with movie pass that I would have never cared to see. Yeah, exactly. uh, Before. Oh, that is very odd. I'll Um, I'll give you one really quick. And it was maybe my favorite movie this year that I never would have seen it without movie pass. What's that? In the last year, I should say in the last year, Uh, baby driver. Oh, Baby Driver's awesome. One of, one of my favorite movies of the last year by far. Um, but if it weren't for Movie Pass, I never would have given it a time of day. So, now, I own it. Yeah, like, Baby Driver's awesome. Uh, Peter Rabbit, I went and saw in theaters. <laughs> it was freaking hilarious. Like, okay. Emma, you got kids. Like, sure. Watch they'll, it with your kids. It, yeah. Like, that was something. My wife was like, this just looks cute. Like, I want to go see it. And I think she was she was doing this because I went and saw three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri without her. And so she was like, yeah. fine, I'm going to make you go see a movie that you don't want to see. Um, I went and saw Shape of Water. Uh, I saw Annihilation. I saw A Wrinkle in Time. I saw Chappaquiddick. Uh, okay, Ready A Wrinkle in One. Time is a good movie. So, <laughs> But yeah, you, I mean, you get my We've point, We've thought right? about this plenty. You get my point, right? Like, to, That's why their selling data was like so flawed is because – People like Zach, who love movies, will go and see I such count, a wider range. Yeah, of I movies. can count six or seven movies on here that I would have seen out of you know twenty plus, um, and they're all Ping. summer blockbusters that yeah. I would have gone and seen either way. I got to see a lot of like really small independent movies, and I've gained like a lot of respect for these directors, uh, the producers, the actors who are working these very small projects that aren't big budget films that don't get a lot of recognition. Um, in the box office, but might be getting a little more recognition when award season comes around because they're really well done movies. Um, you know, something like Lady Bird or Three Billboards or um, even uh, Shape of Water. Um, yeah, and it's it's really beneficial for Hollywood to have this, and I wish that there was another way to make it work. But at the same time, like. There's no way to make it work and make it financially viable for someone. Someone's always going to be cutting a loss, and in this case, right. it's Movie Pass. Um, if it was the uh, if it was Hollywood or the theaters itself putting out this service, they'd be losing money. So, um, take advantage of it while you can, guys. Um, if you guys ever get it working, uh, <laughs> tweet at me at Zach Hicken because I really so need can to go know, see a movie because I will drop everything <laughs> and go see a movie for free if I can get it to start working yeah. again. So, yeah, I'm never getting movie pass, it looks like. No, don't do uh, it. Yeah, it's not worth it for You me. can borrow mine if you need to. We work across the street from movie theater. I'll go check in. Use my oh, that would be great. But anyways, yeah, so um, ne- what do we have coming up this week? We've got the Utah State football preview 
coming up on Saturday? Uh, yeah, we have uh, Matt. Um, Matt Glade is uh, back, and he's going up to Ogden to go do some interviews on Wednesday, I think. Yeah, Matt Glade's going to talk to Matt Wells. Matt Glade. It's a, it's a Matt Squared uh, interview. <laughs> Matt on um, action. We open up uh, BYU, Utah, and Utah State open up fall camp this week. Uh-huh. Uh, so we'll be out there at that. Um, check out uh, KSL Sports at 10 on uh, Wednesday and Thursday this week to hear from players and coaches. Um, and we'll also have some stuff on Saturday and Sunday as well. Uh, the finals of the basketball tournament. That's right. Um, MLB trade deadline. Ah, who cares? It's wrapping <laughs> up, but no one cares. Um, and yeah, we're guys, college football, football starts. The first month of college football season is two days away. Yes. Two days away. That's and all we need. for those of you listening today on Monday – it's National Cheesecake Day. Go out to Cheesecake Factory. Get half-price cheesecake. <laughs> hey, that's my one plug for this week. We'll meet you there. That's Hit my one up. plug. Yeah. At Hemahimuli Jr. At Z Hicken. At Wait. Zach Hicken. Oh, is, did you change it? No, it's always been oh. at Zach Hicken. And okay. at Ron Zundel. At Ron Zundel. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening, guys. That's the pod. Um, yeah. For Sports Beat After Hours, I'm Hem Himaly Jr. We've got uh, Sean Walker. Peace. On the ones and twos. And Zachary Hicken. See you guys next week. Oh, come on, I know you can hear me.